Our scripture reading today is from Acts chapter 28, verse 17 through 31. And our sermon is entitled, The Power of the Gospel. This is the Lord's word. After three days, he called together the local leaders of the Jews. And when they had gathered, he, Paul, said to them, Brothers, though I had done nothing against our people or the customs of our fathers, Yet I was delivered as a prisoner from Jerusalem into the hands of the Romans. When they had examined me, they wished to set me, set me at liberty because there was no reason for the death penalty in my case. But because the Jews objected, I was compelled to appeal to Caesar, though I had no charge to bring against my nation. For this reason, therefore, I have asked to see you and speak to you since it is because of the hope of Israel that I am wearing this chain. And they said to him, We have received no letters from Judea about you, and none of the brothers coming here has reported or spoken any evil about you. But we desire to hear from you what your views are, for with regard to this sect we know that everywhere it is spoken against when they had appointed a day for him, they came to him at his lodging in greater numbers. From morning till evening, he expounded to them, testifying to the kingdom of God and trying to convince them about Jesus, both from the law of Moses and from the prophets. And some were convinced by what he said, but others disbelieved. And disagreeing among themselves, they departed after Paul had made one statement. The Holy Spirit was right in saying to your fathers through Isaiah the prophet, Go to this people and say, You will indeed hear, but never understand it, but never understand, and you will indeed see, but never perceive. For this people's heart has grown dull, and with their ears they can barely hear, and their eyes they have closed, lest they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears, and understand with their heart in turn and I would heal them. Therefore, let it be known to you that this salvation of God has been sent to the Gentiles. They will listen. He lived there two whole years at his own expense and welcomed all who came to him, proclaiming the kingdom of God and teaching about the Lord Jesus Christ with all boldness and with all without hindrance. May the Lord bless us in the reading of his holy word. We come this morning to the end of the book of Acts. We come to the end of a time of redemptive history where the apostles have been preaching the gospel, doing miracles, expanding the kingdom of God by preaching about the death and resurrection of Jesus himself. We see Paul here until his very dying days in Rome explain to anyone who will hear, Jew or Gentile, about this Jesus Christ. And we see a man who's been so beholden and taken by his Savior that what exudes from his heart, what exudes from his lips, is a desire for all people to come to know him. 
Many of us will look at Paul and we will say, this is an example that is too hard to follow. And it is. It is hard for any of us to follow without the Spirit living in us. It is too hard for any of us to follow without the Word of God transforming our lives. What happened to Paul is an absolute miracle. And the way that he was able to go forth to to all the known world to preach and teach about Jesus himself. Well, Paul had a special commission to go forth and to spread the news until his dying days. But Paul was able to do this once again, not by his own power, not by his own eloquence, but by by the power of the Spirit that lived in him. And today at the end of this chapter, I want to sort of recap and I sort of want to sort of refocus again what, it, what, what Paul's message truly was. What was it that captured his heart so much? What was it that wherever he went, he had to share about? And the way that this transformed himself and transformed the people who would listen and transform a whole world and generations to come that hope had arrived, that Jesus had arrived, and that one day the same Jesus will make all things new again for you and for me, this hope that resides in each and every one of us. Children learned today that the only rule that we have to learn how to glorify and enjoy God forever It's simply the Old and the New Testaments. The Word of God. And this statement to you and to me may be true in our minds, but it's hard to believe, is it not, that the Word of God is the only thing that is needed really in all of life. But we see Paul really understanding that to know the Old and the New Testaments, well, the Old Testament here in this context, well, and to be able to expound it and to learn is the only way to understand salvation. So remember, here at the very end of his days, the Jews are still coming, the Gentiles are still coming. These are the two big picture people groups that Paul has have gone out to. To the Jews, his exposition was very simple. Give me your Bible. Give me your Bible. You who esteem the word of God so highly, give me your Bible. And let us read together. And they read. They read some more. And Paul taught and explained some more. And people listened and asked more questions. And Paul responded to those questions through Scripture. Paul explained how Jesus was fulfilled in the Old Testament. And the people listened and the people responded. 
Paul's hope and Paul's, Paul's um, anchor was rooted in the very word of God itself. He did not trust in his own, own mind and his own, own ability to explain something. He just said, look at the word of God, what God had promised. And his explanations weren't some sort of gymnastics and hermeneutics or gymnastics and interpretations. He didn't show the Old Testament and say, let's read every 20th word. And as we read every 20th word, we will decode this message and it will say, Jesus is Savior. It didn't do that. But the reading of the Old Testament was simple, plain, and straightforward that any man, any woman, who would open up the word of God and read it, can plainly see that it teaches that Jesus Christ must come to save sinners. The message of Paul was simple. And in fact, the means by which the church grows is simple. It is simply God's people being exposed to the word of God. God's word will do its work. The second group of people, the Gentiles, who did not have the word of God. Again, no fancy gymnastics is needed. The only thing that Paul did was simply go and understand who they were and see what the longings of their heart were. Because he understood that when you read the Old Testament and you read about people's hearts being idolatrous, but people's hearts wanting a God, wanting a king that they can serve, wanting a prophet who will speak true words to them, wanting a priest who can absolve them and take away their guilt, that the world in their culture will always raise up for themselves philosophers, musicians, cultural icons, artists who will speak to that. And Paul simply says, what do you want in your life? You want to know if there is a God? You, you, you know that there, there must be some deity? Let me show you the God of the Hebrews and Jesus himself. And you tell me whether this Jesus and his explanation of what you need makes sense to you. You want beauty? It's not the story of a God who came down from heaven, perfect in all ways, who sacrificed himself for a people undeserving. And yet because of that, he came, because of that, he took away people's guilt, took away people's sin. That this God is no longer far from us, but near to us. That this God embraces us with this spirit and lives with us until the very end of the days. Isn't that God, does not that God of the Bible make sense to you? 
Paul himself did not try to make things more complicated than they were. Paul himself did not say, here's the gospel about Jesus. Let's take about five steps back and then we'll get there. But Paul was someone who got to the point. Jesus himself is the answer to all things. Now there's power when we preach and teach the gospel and there's power when we read God's word. And I dare say, if you do what Paul has done, what Paul did, and if you yourself are brave enough <laughs> to read God's word every day, if you yourself are brave enough to share God's word with other people every day, you will see the power of God at work. God promises that. I've seen it. And I know that you have seen it as well. We see it here and we have to understand what the power of God does. The power of God is not here to soothe us and to simply comfort us. But the power of God, because it is about Jesus himself, it is about salvation. And because the world is living in sin, because our hearts are hardened, the word of God, when it comes out, does only one of two things, brothers and sisters. Either hardens people's hearts even more or softens it even more. Only one of two things. It's very difficult to read God's word and come out noncommittal about it. This is the power of God's word. There are people here who heard God's word and the power of God through the Holy Spirit changed them. Jesus is my savior. There are other people who heard God's word and said, this is nonsense. I will walk away. Paul, every time he's, he's brought before authorities, he will, he will share God's word. And, and one authority said, them, said to him, you just told me about the gospel. Just this, and in this short time, do you expect me to become a Christian? And Paul goes, whether you become a Christian now or later, it's not up to me. I'm here to preach the gospel. But your eyes will be open to the power of God, just like Paul's was if you allow the word of God to do his work. And you will start to see the truth of the matter in all things. The importance of people feasting on God's word and being changed to know him. You who know God, read his word. Expect to be changed and challenged 
expect that the power of God will not return to God with no efficacy. You are not a mirror, but God's word will be absorbed into your heart. I do not know, and neither do you, whether God will change you right there and then when you read that word, but I will assure you that in God's timing and God's wisdom, that all that you've read about God, he will bring to forbear, to forbear in your life. And we trust in the word. On the other hand, brothers and sisters, and this is something that you and I really have to come to grips with and understand, that the word of God will also harden some people's hearts. And this is what Paul says here at the end of Acts. Quoting Isaiah, these people's hearts are hard. They see, but they do not perceive. They hear, but they do not understand. The Lord has kept their hearts heart because otherwise, it says here, they would come to repent. And you scratch your head and you go, God, why would you do that? We are not privy to understand what God is thinking. But what we are privy to know is that all of us stand in judgment already. And it's simply that those who come to believe, it's been given by grace for us to hear. But when you hear people look at you and say, that's nonsense. Don't want to hear it anymore. Instead of looking God's word and saying, I hate that God's word reminds me of this and put it aside. You look at God's words, you have to say, the only way that this person can actually change and hear the word of God is through the word of God. And that one day, Lord God, you will change their hearts. So the next time I share with them the word of God, they hear the word of God. And this was Paul's hope. He never stopped preaching. He never stopped sharing the word of God. He never stopped saying, well, I'm going to wait for God to do X, Y, and Z. Then I'll share the word of God. And then we'll, we'll test it out. He was persistent, lovingly persistent. Because he knew that the word of God is the only thing that would change people and bring about the truths of the gospel. Lord, the word of God is powerful. Hebrews tells us it's sharper than any double-edged sword. That the word of God can divide things that are indivisible. And nowadays, everything can be divided in physics, but you know, what, think of something that can't, can't be divided. The word of God can divide it. People used to think that an atom couldn't be divided. People used to think that, that, that leptons couldn't be divided. I mean, all these things can be divided now. But, but God says anything that you think cannot be divided, the word of God can divide. 
And it's there that we find hope. And it's there that we find the gospel. Lastly, when Jesus came down to this earth, what was important to him was words and deeds. Now, our world likes to focus on deeds. Show me. Show me a miracle. Show me a changed life. Fix my problems. Show me something. Jesus, heal me. Jesus would oblige because they were manifestations of of the gospel itself. But Jesus was careful to say that it's not deeds itself that will save you. It's not what I do for you in these little miracles that will save you. What is the words I'm going to teach you about salvation, about repentance, about faith? It's my interpretation of my death and resurrection, the interpretation that Paul has, that my death and resurrection is not simply, what? An example for the world. It's not an example for the world. This is a a, a cosmic trial that has gone on. All humankind has been found guilty. My death has bought, has paid the penalty for those who will come to know me. My resurrection has given hope in life to those who will come to know me. This isn't an example. And it's the Bible. It's Jesus' words. It's Paul's words that explains to us the truth of all things. Jesus loves you. Jesus not leave you by yourself. Jesus not leave you with your own devices. Jesus not leave you trapped to your feelings. But Jesus gave you his word. As Augustine said in his book, Confessions, when he saw the books of Paul sitting before him. He heard the Lord say to him, take it and read. Augustine was never the same again. God's people. The church is built upon Christ and his word. That is never tired of, of allowing God's word to change us, to redeem us. Let us never grow tired of proclaiming God's word to all people. And let us always in prayer to the Lord, ask, Lord, may your word bring about salvation and salvation to many. Let's pray. Gracious Heavenly Father, The power of the gospel, the power of your word is tremendous. And in many ways, we as your people, we're fearful of it. And I confess that I'm fearful of it too. Because many times I don't want to change. And I know many people here don't want to change. We're fearful, Lord, because we don't want to have a 
estranged or a strange relationship with relatives or with friends. But Lord, in so doing, we forfeit. We truly do forfeit the fullness of the gospel power in our lives, the fullness of seeing your kingdom at work. So Lord God, may your spirit lead us to your word to take it and read. May your spirit lead us, Lord, to share God's word to friends and to family. Yes, in a winsome way, but knowing, Lord God, that no matter how winsome we try to be, the word of God, well, it's a hard pill to swallow for many people. But Lord God, change us. May your gospel be rooted deeply in our hearts. May our love for you be deep, deeply rooted in our hearts. Maybe, Lord, Lord God, how can I say this? Maybe, Lord, in that love, in that joy, with much prayer, with much hope, be sought and light to this world. May they see it in our eyes, in our hearts, in our lips, that Jesus has changed us for the good. And that our desire for them to know Jesus is out of love. We thank you. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.